Okay. Whew. My notes actually say go to sermon now. So we're going to look at God's word this morning. And, and just before we do, let's just, let's just pause and pray because that's a lot of information that, that we just walked through. So God, at this moment, just pause. We're grateful. You're doing a lot of things through this church. You have a call on this church, and we're grateful for that. God, at this moment, we just want to take some time and look in your word and let the words and the stories of Jesus shape us and impact us. So God, would you bring our thoughts into line with yours? Would you give us ears to hear you and eyes to see you? Hearts that are open to be shaped by you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through um, this series called The Story. You can open your app if you want to um, follow along with us online with some of the notes for today. We've been going through a series. It's called The Story, which is an abridged version of the Bible, which goes from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end chronologically. And we've been going through one chapter at a time since September. We only have like six or seven weeks left to go, I think, in this thing. We're almost, we're almost done. We've been going through it since September, and it's pretty exciting. And right now we're in the middle of the stories of Jesus, the life of Jesus when he was here on earth. We're on chapter 25 and the title of it is Jesus, the son of God. Lots of you have read the scripture ahead of time. If you haven't, can I encourage you again? We send it out in the email. It's, uh, it's in the story there, all of the links, everything. Take some time and read scripture and let it shape you and let it impact you. So because what we want to look at today is we're going to just bounce through a bunch of the stories of Jesus. Jesus. And here's what I want you to hear. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. Encountering Jesus is going to impact you. Encountering Jesus, it's gonna impact you. And you are going to see in this chapter as we walk through that there is, there is some increasing tension. There's tension starting to build in the interactions Jesus is having with people. There is um, conflict that's starting to happen around him. There are some highs. There are some lows. There's all kinds of activity that's happening as Jesus moves through uh, this, this time. And some people, when they encounter Jesus, get healed. Some people, when they encounter Jesus, get really angry. Some people, when they encounter Jesus, get fearful. Some people, when they encounter Jesus, they believe that he is who he says he is. And some of them don't. Some of them decide, I don't don't believe this is true. Some of them, when they encounter Jesus, they get closer and they dig in deeper. And some of them just go, and they just get bored and they wander away. But everybody responds. Every person is impacted when they encounter Jesus, one way or another. And so there's a whole number of stories that happen in this chapter. I just want to bounce through some of them. So there's that moment when when Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples. and, And he's talking to them and he says, hey, 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 guys, who do people say that I am? Oh, you know, some people think you're Elijah. Some think you're a prophet. And, you know, and he goes, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And there's this, this moment when Peter goes, um, I, you're, you're the Messiah. You're the one sent from God. 
So that, that happens. And then there's this moment when um, Jesus takes his three closest disciples and he takes them to the top of a mountain and it's just them, the three of them and Jesus. And this thing happens that is so, it's so wild. They don't even know how to describe it. It's really hard to find the words to figure out what's it because, because what happens is all of a sudden when they're on top of this mountain, Jesus' face starts shining like the sun. And his clothes become as white as the light. I mean, if you imagine it, it's just, what is happening? And then, and then, there he is with this shining face and and shining clothes. And Moses and Elijah appear, which is crazy. And And then Jesus and Moses and Elijah, they all just stand around and chat like that's normal. And then, just to top it off, this voice comes from a cloud, this voice that they hear, and this voice says, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's terrifying. I mean, the disciples, they don't even know these three disciples. Well, I don't know really what happened. And they don't really talk about it much, maybe just sort of in whispers. But how do you even try to explain this? So, so that happened. And then there's that moment when Jesus says to his disciples um, different things. Like he says, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. And, and they don't understand what on earth he's talking about. And, and we wouldn't either. Don't kid yourself. And, and, and then there's, there's that time when there's this moment when um, there's a festival in Jerusalem. And, and there's, so there's crowds of people there. And the people are all buzzing because they're all talking about Jesus. And they're buzzing about what they've heard about Jesus. And some of them are going, oh, he's a good man. And others of them are going, no, he deceives people. And it's back and forth. But you just can't ignore the impact and the authority of his teaching. When he takes his place in the temple or he starts teaching, people listen. Because it has this authority to it. It has this impact to it. And they've never heard anything like it before. And the religious leaders, well, they don't like it. They don't like it at all. They just, they just hate him. They hate this impact that he is having on the crowd. And their anger, actually, is going to build into a murderous rage. That's what's going to happen. And then there's that moment when in the same festival, Jesus is, is teaching and he knows all the buzz that's happening out there. People going, who is he? Who isn't he? We don't know. And he just cries out, yes, you know me and you know where I'm from. I'm not here on my own authority, but he, God, who sent me is true. You don't know him, but I know him. Because I am from him and he sent me. It's this huge moment. And some of them are so impacted. They just, they just believe right away that he is who he says he is. And some of them are so impacted. They're really upset and they want to seize him violently. But somehow they just, they can't. And then there's that moment when in the same festival on the last day, Jesus again says really loudly, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And nobody knows what that means. What is he talking about? I don't know. I think he must be a prophet. I don't know. I think, I think he's the Messiah. Well, he can't be the Messiah. Well, I'm telling you, he's something. And the crowd's just buzzing about it. And in um, the story that we're going through in this book, sometimes in the middle of all the scripture, the editors insert a little comment to just help us understand a little bit. And they put it in italics so we know it's not scripture. But it's helpful little comments. And one of the comments that they put in, it's on uh, page mm, 357. And this is what it says. Jesus was setting out the clear and fateful choice. Believe in him and know God's power in your life. Or... Stay in spiritual darkness. This message would change everything. Changes everything. Because encountering Jesus is going to impact you. And then there's that moment when um, there's this verbal sparring, this back and forth, this, let's call it dialogue, between Jesus and the religious leaders and the crowd is watching because they love nothing more than a good argument. And Jesus goes, I am the light of the world. And the religious leaders go, here you are, appearing as your own witness. You can't do that. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus goes, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you have no idea. So that happened. And it's interesting because it says that, again, even as he spoke, many believed in him. Of course, some of them said he was demon-possessed, because that's the logical leap to make. They said he's demon-possessed, and his response is to look at them and go, no, I am, which is the name of God. It's Jesus taking the name of God, I am, and it's blasphemy. And, and they start picking up stones to stone him, but again, he just, he just slips away. Then there's that moment when he gets a message that his friend Lazarus is sick, and, and, and Lazarus is a good friend, him and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And he gets this message that, that he's sick. And Jesus, this guy who goes around healing people, for some reason takes his time to get to Lazarus. And by the time he gets there, Lazarus has died, died several days before Jesus arrived. And, and so his two sisters, Martha and Mary, they each meet Jesus as he arrives. And they meet him separately, but they each say the same thing. They both say, Lord... If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And it's interesting because although they each say the same thing, it's coming from different places, and Jesus knows that, and he recognizes that they are different people, and they need a different response because he knows each of us personally. And so with Martha, she comes to him and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus says, looks at Martha and he encourages her. It's crazy. In this moment of her grief, in this moment of her crisis, he encourages her to dig deeper. He encourages her to stretch her faith, to explore her faith a little bit more. And he says, Martha, your brother will rise again. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? He challenges her to go deeper. But then when Mary comes and he meets her and she says, Lord, 
if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary's a whole different person. And Jesus doesn't even say a word to her. This is not the moment to challenge her. This is the moment to just be present with her and comfort her. And it says that she's weeping and Jesus wept. He just, just wept there with her. And then he goes to the tomb where Lazarus has been buried for four days and just raises him from the dead in front of everybody. Encountering Jesus is going to impact you one way or another. I mean, what would you have done if you had heard this, if you had seen it? Could you imagine what would you have done if you had been at the funeral and then a week later, there's Lazarus in the grocery store picking up orange juice, right? Encountering Jesus is going to impact you. And people had different reactions to what Jesus had just done with Lazarus. Many believed in Jesus. Duh. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. They told on him. Which... This is where I start going, I, I don't understand this. Because then there's this emergency meeting that is called of all of these religious leaders. And they come together. And, and can I just say, you got to pay attention or it's easy to just miss how important this is. But, but these are the ones, these are the religious leaders of the faith. These are the ones who should be the first to recognize God. These are the ones who, who should be the first to be following the principles of their faith the first ones to be leading by example. And this is what they say in this meeting. They go, here's this man performing many signs. Notice they're not disputing what he's doing. He, they acknowledge that it's ha- Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Excuse me? Is that, it's, is that their priority? The, the political power and, and how the Romans treat, I, I said, wait, even if Jesus is the Messiah, even if he is the one that they've been waiting for, for so long, I mean, they waited so long for this one that God said he would send. And, and they've just gotten in this, I don't know, this space where everything they do as they wait, everything that they do is to protect their power and protect their, their significance and their weight in the Roman Empire and protect, you know, who they are. They don't even dispute the signs and the miracles. There's no record of them going, well, I don't think he actually raised Lazarus from the dead. I don't think Buddy was really dead. That's, that's not, a, they acknowledge that he's doing all of these things. They just don't engage with it at all. Their only response is, well, that just can't keep on happening. We can't have that. Because then everybody's going to believe in him and it's going to threaten what's important to them. That's very revealing, that statement. It's it's very sobering. I wonder if they even realized they were missing their God. (laughs) So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Religious leaders, the ones who teach thou shalt not kill. Encountering Jesus is going to impact you one way or another. 
And the stories keep going, and there's that moment when um, people bring their kids to Jesus, and the disciples, they're trying to be dignified. They get all huffy about it, and they shoo the kids away, and Jesus is indignant and goes, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then there's this moment when this, this young man comes up, and you just know right away he's super wealthy. He's got, you know, the expensive shoes and the really nice suit. And, and he's got all of this, and he comes up to Jesus, and he says, listen, hey, what do I need to do to, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes, oh, come on. You already know all the commandments. And he goes, well, yes. I've kept them all since childhood, which is kind of a humble brag right there. And Jesus looked at him and loved him, because he does. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have, even the shoes, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. And this young man goes, oh. And his face falls, and he walks away. He walks away, sadly, because he's very wealthy, and Jesus knows that that's his sticking point. And by the way, before you get too uppity and say, well, I'm not rich like that, we all have a sticking point. That just happened to be his. And then there's that moment when Jesus goes into the temple and he's upset about the the money changing that's going on and the stuff that's going on there. And so he just starts flipping tables, you know, it's like this this rage almost. He's, He's flipping over tables and he's upset about what's happening and everybody remembers that story. But sometimes we forget the other part of the story that in the same story, so he's flipping over tables, but it also says that the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and oh, well, he just healed them. And, and the response of the religious leaders, again, when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did, and they saw that, that even the children were shouting praises to him, well, they were indignant. And the stories just go on. Large crowds, small groups of disciples, some people get healed, some get angry, Some are afraid, some believe, some don't, some dig in deeper and try to get closer, and some go, ah, and wander away. And it just keeps going like that. In one part, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe him. And yet in another part, it says that, that yet at the same time, many even among the leaders, believed in him. And that whole exposure of priorities of what's in your heart shows up again because it says, but because of the Pharisees, these these leaders who were now believing in Jesus, because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Ouch. Everybody's impacted. Everybody responds one way or another when they encounter Jesus. And finally, Jesus says again, he just, he just shouts it out to the crowd. Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come in 
into the world as a light so that no one who believes me should stay in the darkness. If anyone hears my words but doesn't keep them, I don't judge that person for I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and doesn't accept my words because the very words that I have spoken will condemn them at the last day for I'm not speaking on my own. But the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. And I know that his command really does lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. And we're left at the end of this chapter with religious leaders who are scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and illegally and kill him. And we're left with a crowd that would riot if they knew that was the plan. And we're left with with one of the disciples named Judas who has already made a deal with the religious leaders to hand Jesus over to them. Because everyone is impacted. Everyone responds one way or another when they encounter Jesus. Us too. We do too. We are impacted. We respond when we encounter Jesus, and it's up to us how we respond. We can just ignore him if we want. Just walk away. Eh, I'm good. Which, by the way, is a decision. That is a choice to walk away. It's a decision that says, nah, I'm not really interested. Mm, I don't believe it. Ah, it's not really relevant to me. So we can just walk away. We can walk away sadly, which is a different thing again, which is this decision that says, you know, Jesus, I would really like to be your follower. I would really like to have you in my life, but not if I have to give up, fill in the blank with whatever your sticking point is, right? And by the way, if we make that choice, he will let us walk away. The door's the door's open. He doesn't force us to stay. And you go, but Patty, what about the parts in Scripture where, where Jesus talks about pursuing someone? Yep, he does. And we talked about that last week. We talked about, you know, the lost sheep and the prodigal son and how Jesus, you know, will leave the 99 to go after the one and the father who chases his son and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I don't want to split hairs too much here, but, but the sheep is actually lost, like in trouble. And, and, and needing help, and really in need of some help. And the prodigal son, he, in the story, he realized his mistake, turned around and started coming back, not sure if he would be welcome. We don't read of that happening with that wealthy young man who said, mm, no. We don't realize. He sought Jesus out, and he asked him, what's necessary for, for me to follow you? And when he heard the answer, he walked away and said, mm, no, no thanks. I'd like to have God, but I'd rather have my money than God. I'd rather have, fill in the blank with your sticking point, (laughs) I'd rather have that than God. The price is too high. And it's a choice, and it's ours to make. And by the way, it's not just a one-time choice, it's a daily choice. We might find out when we encounter Jesus, and this is a scary thing. We might find out when we encounter Jesus that there are some ugly bits within us that we didn't realize. 
Can I just say, I, I kind of doubt that the religious leaders before Jesus came along, I doubt they got up in the morning, looked in the mirror, and looked at somebody and thought, you know, this is, this is who I am. I'm a person who will prioritize political power so highly that I'm willing to break the law and kill somebody in order to keep it. I doubt they saw themselves that way. But it started to show when they encountered Jesus. And, and I wonder if sometimes when it says that some of the leaders believed, maybe it's because they started going, wait a minute, what's happening? What's happening in my heart? What's happening in the hearts of my colleagues as we have these emergency This isn't, I don't think this is right. This isn't what I signed up for. And then they're going, well, now I don't know what anything means because everything is a little bit upside down and it's confusing and it's a little bit scary so they don't go public with it right away because they just got to take some time and figure it out. When, you know, when we encounter Jesus, it's going to impact us. Maybe in a crisis moment, like with Martha or Mary, and we might find that in that crisis moment, Jesus calls us to a little bit deeper trust do you really believe me? Or he might not say anything at all. He might just come alongside us with his presence and weep with us because he does that. Or we might find out that he has an answer we haven't even imagined in that crisis. We might, when we encounter Jesus, have moments we can't explain, like those three disciples on the top of the mountain going, I don't know what just happened. Moments we don't even talk about. Moments of what was that? But they are moments that compel us to keep following and to keep uh, digging deeper, and to continue searching for truth. And we might not understand what's happening, but we're not ready to walk away. And there comes a moment when Jesus says, this is who I am. And we're left with a choice. Do we believe or not believe? Do we walk away, whether out of boredom or because... We don't want to give up our sticking point. Or do we stay? Do we stay with the crowd sort of hovering, you know, buzzing? I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But never really committing and becoming a follower of Jesus. Do we let fear or anger make the decision for us? What do we do when we suddenly get a little bit uncomfortable recognizing that there's stuff inside us that we don't like very much and encountering Jesus has shown us that and are we going to allow that to impact our decision or are we going to say, like the disciples said, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You are the Messiah. Can ask if you would bow your heads at this moment and close your eyes and, and we always try to create a moment in our service where you have a chance to respond to God and respond to his word and we try to do that really quietly you know one of the areas in my life that I'm trying to grow in is is silent prayer just just being quiet in God's presence it's really hard we live in a noisy world and on Thursday I, was, I just couldn't believe how bossy my mind was in this stillness, demanding, demanding that I pay attention to anything else but God. Let's try in this moment. Take a deep breath. 
eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Quiet your heart. Quiet your mind. And just open your heart to the possibility of encountering Jesus Christ. And in that space, let the stories of Jesus wash over you. Stories of him healing people and welcoming children and engaging with with two women who were grieving at the loss of their brother. Let the stories of Jesus touch your heart as he pushes back on religious leaders. As he ever so gently calls out somebody's sticking points and goes, you know, this is what's going to stop you. It's what's going to keep you from God. As he invites his disciples to go deeper away from the crowds and as he reveals himself to them as God. And as you continue to quiet your heart, let the words of Jesus impact your soul. Who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Let anyone who is thirsty, anyone, come to me and drink. Anyone who believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Let the words of Jesus impact you. I am the resurrection and the life. I am God. Do you believe this? Who do you say I am? And in this moment of just quietness, you can, in the safety of your own heart, you can whisper a response to God that says, I'm, I'm not sure if I believe. Or this is, I feel kind of angry and I don't know why or fearful. I don't know, the cost is really high. I believe. Jesus, I do believe. I don't understand it all, but I do believe. And I want you to just take a moment and, and whisper your responses to God. And I want you to know now that even as you whisper those responses, he hears those prayers. If you invite him to shape you on the inside, he will. He will. Just before we close, I want you to know that there are ministry stations in various places in our sanctuary, just tables with someone standing at them. And if you want to talk about an encounter with Jesus or have someone pray for you, they would be happy to do that. I'm asking if you would stand with me this morning and let's 
Let's close our time together with the prayer that we pray every single week. God, we have been in your presence and we have encountered you. And now, God, we, we move out of this, this sacred space, which is not just, you know, the building, but it's the time that we've set aside. It's the space that we've created in our own hearts for you. And we move from there into our world, into our jobs and our homes and our families and neighbors and classes and to-do lists and things we don't know the answers to. We don't want to leave you here, Jesus. So would you help us to carry Jesus well into those spaces in our lives? And would you help us as we go out into our world, having encountered Jesus, would you help us to turn around then and do good and love each other and reveal Jesus to a world that needs to encounter him too? you cover and keep every one of us safe and bring us back next Sunday. Bless each one that's here and we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming today. Make sure you get yourself a coffee. Say hi to someone. If you want to receive prayer, we have people at our ministry team stations. If you're a voting member around the corner, and register for our meeting. It begins at one o'clock. God bless you. Have a great week.